Lord, now again as we come to your word, we say thank you, Lord. We never take this for granted, but the opportunity to hear from you and speak, Lord, to us, we pray. We open our hearts to you now, great God. And thank you for this series, Lord, the things you've been showing us and teaching us. And Lord, we want to pray, especially today, Lord, that we'll be so open to what it is you want to speak to us individually and corporately, we pray. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Church, we are really blessed to have Pastor Peter, our founding pastor, bringing God's Word to us today. So can we um, give him a really big welcome as he comes to share with us now? Thanks, Nate. Yeah, thanks so much, Nate. Uh, and everyone, it's really nice to be here again. I love coming to church. I don't know about you. I was talking to Heather down here. She's had a whole month off because she can't watch online at home. So Heather, a special welcome. Love you to have you back. We love you in this church. Super. And everybody else that comes to this church, it's just wonderful. I've been coming here for 30 years. I still get excited about coming to church, don't you? It gets better as you get older. I just want to tell you something. It gets better as you get older. And for those that are online, well, welcome. It's so nice to have you here. And those in the mezzanine too as well. Um, Terrific. Well, we're concluding our Whisper series about hearing the voice of God today. It's been a good series for us. Well, I want to ask you, um, how's it been going for you, but personally? Good series for us, generally as a church. What about you personally? Have you been hearing from our invisible God who very rarely speaks with an audible voice? How's it been going? Good, that's what I like to hear. Now, if you are unsure or think you um, may not have heard too much in this last month from our great God, I just want you to hear something right now, right at the very outset of this service. And for those that are online too, are you ready? This is something from God for every one of us. He loves you. Did you hear that this morning? He loves you. He loves you. I say that on the authority of God's word this morning. I'm not just making this up. He loves every one of you. He loves everyone that's on watching this at some point. He loves you. The Bible reveals that our God is a loving heavenly father. And we know how much fathers and mothers love their children, are in relationship with them, And how important communication is in that part. Isn't that true? If you're in relationship, there's this communication that goes on all the time. And it's not just for fathers and mothers with their children. It's also for grandfathers and grandmothers with their children. I have a little boy. I think he's going to come up on the screen. That's my eldest grandson there. I think he's got a bit of me in him, actually, I think. Look at that big round face there. Yeah, I know. I saw that. Yeah. His um, name's Maximal. Oh, I almost got it wrong. Maxwell. Maxwell. Yeah, he's Maximus. I can tell you that now. <laughs> That's exactly right. He's a tank, that boy. He's a good boy. He's terrific. But he can't say Papa yet. Did you know that? Oh, dear me. It's, it's a bit of a burden when they can't say um, your name yet. But um, that doesn't mean that we don't have conversations. Did you know that? We're into a sort of, we've got this pointing thing going on in our relationship where I point at him like this. And he points back at me like this. And we have quite a lengthy conversation with our pointing, going one way to the other, as he sits in his high chair. Dynamic, I want to tell you, it's amazing. If you're a son or a daughter of God, I just want you to hear that our heavenly father delights in you as I delight in my grandson. 
He loves revealing himself to us, encouraging us, guiding us, correcting us, comforting us. And, and to do all of these things and much more than there needs, obviously, to be lots of communication. He's committed, us, he's committed to teaching us and our part is what? Our part's what? Our part is to listen. To listen carefully. I pray that's what you're gonna do this morning as you've come to hear God's word, that you're gonna listen this morning. And, and, and through that listening, learn how to recognize his voice and to understand what he's saying and then to go do what he asks of you. So that's where we're headed this morning. How do we, how do we learn to hear the voice of our loving heavenly father? Well, I want to begin with a really short Bible survey. Are you ready? We just got this. Take a little while, a little while, not too long, but a little while. So are you ready? We're on a Bible survey about how God has communicated with humanity. Now, last week we know that Pastor Jody made clear that the Bible, God's word, is the most important and common way that God speaks. That's why we encourage everyone to read their Bible every day. I pray that you are doing that. I pray you are doing that. Every single day, reading God's Word. It's why we preach from the Word of God. It's the foundation. It's the foundation that we need if we are listening to God. The Bible reveals so much about God. Everything that we need to know actually is in the Word of God about God that we need to know for our earthly journeys. The Bible tells us who made the world. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We know that. The Bible says that. That Jesus came to save us because we are loved by God. Bible reveals that. He commended his love towards us in that while we were still sinners, what happened? Jesus died for us. The Bible points out what's wrong, what's right in life, how we should live, how this world will end. You know, everyone's concerned about our world at the moment. We know how it ends. It ends with Jesus coming again. That's That's the answer. And we know that from God's word. So there's all this truth that we, that, we, that we grasp from Scripture, but the Bible constantly brings words of encouragement and comfort and challenge from God. Here's one. Here's one for all of us this morning. You ready? This is coming from God's Word. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Stand firm. We're in a troubled world. Stand firm. That's from Jesus for all of us this morning. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Keep serving him, church, because you know that your labor in the Lord is what? It's not in vain. It's not. God's working out his great and holy purposes. The Bible also guides us when we need direction. King Jehoshaphat, there's an army evading and he's worried about it. And what does it say in 2 Chronicles? We do do We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. That's what we do. Ask for God's wisdom and guidance. Listen to this from Jesus. He who has an ear, hear this. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Are you listening this morning? For the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Bible is the key of keys, as we heard last week. It's the key of keys. But I want to reflect for just a brief moment on some of the other ways that we see God revealing himself and speaking to people in the Bible. So here we go, you ready? A little bit more of a survey, a wider way of looking at how God communicates with, 
with individuals and with people. This one here. There are occasions when God spoke audibly in the Bible. Old Testament, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. The Lord came and stood there and spoke out. We, we, we know it from um, the Damascus Road journey that Paul heard the voice of Jesus speaking to him. So there are audible occasions. There are times that God sent angels to communicate messages. Listen to this. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said. That's the angel said that. Told them where to go and tell the people the full message of this new life, that there is life in Jesus Christ. And if you don't know that this morning, I want you to hear it. There's life in Jesus Christ, eternal life in him. It's incredible. It's wonderful. There are times when God revealed himself through dreams and visions, often found in the Bible. Listen to this one. Having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, you know, the ones I'm talking about, the three men on on, on their camels or whatever they came on, they returned to their country by another route, warned in a dream. What about this one? In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, he answered. And we know that he was directed to minister to Paul. There were prophets who spoke over people's lives. Listen to this one. I'm not sure you'd want want to receive this one, but this is is what it was. After we had been there a number of days, a prophet, prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt, tied it, tied his own hands and feet with it and said, the Holy Spirit says, hear that? The Holy Spirit says, in this way, the Jews of Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. Would you want that word? But it was a word, encouragement and strengthening for Paul of the difficulties that would lie ahead for him. But the God was sovereign. It was over all things, speaking through prophecies, preaching, common way in which God spoke to many people. There, there are whole sermons in, in the New Testament where people proclaimed the truth. Listen to this in Acts 8.25, when they had testified and proclaimed what? Proclaimed the word of God. Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. It's one of the ways that God communicates, it's through preaching. As the church ministered and met, the Spirit would build people's faith and give direction. Listen, instead, Ephesians 4.15, instead speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ, as we speak truth in love to one another. While I were worshipping this one, the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. This is Holy Spirit at work. This is God's sovereign control of all the circumstances which helped to reveal his plans. What about from the Old Testament, book of Ruth? Listen to this one. So she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters As it turned out, chance upon chance, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. And what a good story follows there, isn't it? The lineage of Jesus himself was at work there in these circumstances that God was superintending. Listen to this one from the New Testament, Acts 11. 
where all this set of amazing events occurred around Cornelius and the gospel moving into the Gentile world. There were a whole series of incredible things that took place. And then Peter returns to the Jerusalem church and they're wondering, you know, whether he's got it right or not, the gospel going into the Gentiles. This is what it says. Peter began and explained everything to them precisely as it had happened. When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God saying, so then, even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. The direction and ministry of the Holy Spirit through the circumstances. And the ministry of the Holy Spirit is often referred to as the one who speaks in our hearts and our minds, convicted, prompting, leading us to do the things that are God's will. Jesus himself said these words, listen, John 16, eight, about the Holy Spirit. When he comes, he will convict the world of Guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. That convicting ministry of the Holy Spirit. There's the voice of the Holy Spirit to direct people and lead people. Listen to this, um, um, Acts 8.29. The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. And Paul's words, and now compelled, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. Now that's the brief um, biblical survey of the ways in some of the ways in which God speaks and leads. I've not covered them all, but I want to cover a, a, a whole set of them this morning. Now, the question is this: Does God continue to speak in those sort of ways today? That's the question. Does He? Well, let me check the biblical forms of communication with a few stories from our history. Let me do that. Audible voice. The girl who sat on her grandfather's property in this area many, many years ago, she said that she heard an audible voice and that voice said, I'm going to bring revival to this area. God can and he does on occasion speak with an audible voice in our period of time. What about angels? Well, a number of people in this church have seen angels. I've often come at life-threatening moments. My own mum. So an angel. God can use them. They're part of his angelic force and if he's got things for them to do, he can direct them to do that. Happens in our era and time to comfort and strengthen so often for people in very difficult circumstances. What about dreams and visions? I chatted to, I chatted to a man just a few weeks ago and he told of a dream that stirred him to engage in a new ministry with the gifts that God had given to him. And he was encouraged in that and inspired in that through a dream. Pastor Nay said he included a vision story in our very newsletter this, this week. This is what he wrote. After playing some games and hanging out together, he's referring to the Red Froggers in our city venue, a group went to the rooftop and were praying for one of the students over in need. As they were praying, this other student was watching on nearby and as he was watching, he had a vision of Jesus. He was taken aback and shared this with others and said, he now wanted to find out more about who Jesus is. Well, if you're gonna have a vision of Jesus somewhere in Brisbane City, you can't get much better than the rooftop of our city venue. It's amazing, it's amazing. What a gift from God. That's what we're giving into it during our anniversary. 
God's at work doing amazing things. The visions aren't just for all the people in Iran and Iraq and all the, the Middle Eastern countries where Muslims are coming to Jesus because of the visions. It's here in Australia. Prophecies, what about them? Well, many of us have had words spoken over us in this church to inspire faith and encouragement to remain steadfast. I, I love, I love the, the definition of, of, of prophecy in, in 1 Corinthians 14, 3. Listen to this. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Wow, that's prophecy, you see. I received a word actually at the beginning of this year from someone. It was the end of a service and this person just um, grabbed me for a little while. He he was actually quite emotional um, as he was sharing um, these things and I asked him actually to pop it down in an email and pass pass it on to me. This is just a couple of the things that he, he wrote. It said this, well done for your mentoring of Nathan into the senior pastor and the transitioning of the baton change for Bridgman Baptist Community Church. That's referring to something that was five years ago. Went on a little bit more. Retirement or our interpretation of it is not for you. Oh, no. Okay, no retirement coming my way (laughs) by the looks of things. (laughs) And then went on. Mentoring is a call for you to hang on to and see a championing of women in ministry and Marie is your safe place. Well, that's sure true. She is my safe place indeed. But words here, you see, that just appeal on, keep pressing on, keep pressing on in the things that God has for you. What about God um, speaking through preaching? Well, I was chatting to someone just just last Friday, who, who actually may be watching um, today. I'm not sure, it might be. And he said to me that the last time that I spoke, he was watching on the, online, he said it was though it was just for him. And I, I said to him, I won't say his name, but I said to him, I've just got to say, actually, I didn't have you in mind when I was writing the sermon. I just had to confess that. I didn't have him in mind. I didn't. But I said to him, That's how the Spirit of God speaks, isn't it? When it feels like it's just for you, just for you. And I know that because I've sat in here sometimes and I know. We hear hear wonderful things all the time from the pulpit here. I understand that. But there are some moments when, wow, it just speaks right to the point. And you know that that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. The words of others in the body and the arranging of circumstances have happened so many times in our history. This is our pattern as a church. We pray and then we listen to God and see what he says. I don't know if you've ever been blessed through the ministry of Pastor David Twig down here. But you know the reason that he preaches in this particular church is because back in 2009 during a, a 10 days of prayer, special season of prayer in this church, our our, our current senior pastor came up to me and said, Peter, he says, have you ever thought about you know, calling David out of his carpentry role and to start training as a pastoral intern? And I thought, mm, well, mm, maybe, maybe I sort of said, I did say that, David. <laughs> I did say that. And so when you're unsure about something, what do you do? Well, you take that to others and you ask them to pray about that with you. Nathan had had a prompting 
And so we took that to the church council. Good place to take those sort of matters to. And, and we prayed about it as a group. And as it just so happened, as it turned out, David was preaching his second sermon in this church. His second sermon that particular next weekend. And so the council said, well, why don't we just see how that turns out? Let's just see how he goes. Maybe that will be the indication or a bit of a, a help for us as we discern what God's saying here. Well, David preached that weekend. And on that particular day, and some of these people are still part and parcel of our church family here actually, 17 people came to faith that very day. Did you know that? On his second sermon. Second sermon. I should add, I've never preached and 17 people come to faith, so I thought that was a pretty good sign. I thought that was a pretty good sign that we should take a, we could take a gamble here. No, we took in a gamble. Trusted in God, the leaders. Yeah. An affirmation that Nathan had got a prompting that came from God. You know how it ties together the, the leading of the Holy Spirit. The promptings of the Holy Spirit. Well, what about those? I've sort of been talking about them all the time because they, they, they're all involved. This is all beautiful. You know, the scripture and the Holy Spirit, they're all, they're all working together all the time. It's beautiful. Um, but what about the promptings of the Holy Spirit? There are literally thousands of occasions that we can talk about the Holy Spirit prompting in this particular church and through people in this church. Look, it can be so simple. We were at the outpouring night the other night and, and I just happened to sit down to Nathan for a while and, and he, he said to me, I, I just feel um, prompted that we should pause in the meeting and pray for Vicky, um, you know, Pastor Billy and Vicky and, you know, going through the cancer thing that she's going through. And, and then I, I passed over my phone to him because just a few minutes earlier, I've been sitting out there praying and, and I felt prompted to send them a text message to let them know that I, Marie and I were praying for them in the service. And Billy had sent back a little short message to me and he said, thanks and much needed, much needed. Now I passed it on to Nathan, you see. What an, what an affirmation for him at that very moment of time. That that's what the Holy Spirit wanted us to do in that meeting right then and there. Stop, pause. And pray for Vicky, all of us to pray for Vicky. It was powerful. It was powerful. Everywhere you turn in the Bible, you find that God, great, great though He is, and arrayed in all His splendor and glory, He is a communicating God. He is. He's a God who speaks. He speaks in very personal and very specific ways to those who listen for his voice. He made us, you see, to be in relationship with him. He is our loving father. And he loves it when we listen to him. One of the powerful verses of God in my own life is where God, uh, Jesus is on the mountain of transfiguration. And on the mountain, God says, what? He says, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Wow. Did you hear that? I pray that's what you're doing this morning. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Listen to him. And so our heavenly father, he continues to speak. First and foremost, always, always through his word, but there are other ways that he sometimes chooses to speak and direct us, or help us direct us, which always align with the truth and the revelation of his word. And, 
And that's how we know that this is coming from God. Now, if you're wondering why I've spent so long reflecting on God as a speaking God, it's because unless you believe that, then you won't actually wake up every morning ready and expectant about hearing the voice of God for you personally. Did you know that? If you don't believe that, you'll just wake up, do whatever you need to do. But that, that sense of attentiveness, that heart to listen to God, that won't be there. You'll easily miss or you'll easily dismiss the Holy Spirit's prompting or think that the whispers of God are just you know, your own thoughts and ideas. Now this morning, I, I wanna try and be very practical about how to discern God's voice. And I, I trust then that we would seek to be obedient then. You know, you hear, and the purpose of hearing is so that we can respond to it. And I pray that that would be your heart, to be obedient. So let me use a hypothetical. You're in the bathroom and very conveniently, the toilet roll comes to the end with you not needing any more. God is good. God is good. Isn't he good? That perfect timing. As it turned out, praise God, it's wonderful. But then a number of thoughts can come to you, of course. A few of these might go through your mind. Replacing the role is the responsibility of the person who uses it next, isn't it? That's right. Hmm. Or I always seem to find it empty, so it'll be good for the next person to have to do it. They can have their turn. Or I'm so busy today that I just don't have any time to do that. I've just get on, got to get on with things. It's too urgent my, my life at the moment. Or maybe I better replace it so that I don't feel guilty for the rest of the day that I didn't do the thing that I should have done. Or, or maybe it's, I'll do that so that I can show that I'm actually more caring than the other half. That's all concrete there. Or this last one, maybe. Or um, I just really love the next person to arrive with a role ready to go. Mm. Now, for all those who live by yourself, you won't need to deal with this test. That's not one for you this morning. I just want you to hear that. But I'm sure you will find something like this in another context somewhere. You, let your mind just you know, think about what the hypothetical might be for you. So let's dissect this just for a moment. It's the responsibility of the next person view. That will be the voice of many people who see the world as one where you do your bit and others do their bit. And, and you've met your obligation and others need to meet their, it's the justice rights view of life. It's a very me sort of view. That's often how our voices and our heads and our heads think. Let's move down the list. The, the feeling guilty one or the morally superior one, they are actually classic marks of how Satan speaks to us. Did you know that? Yeah. Calls us in to that sort of thinking. That's the voice of the darkness speaking. Drawing people into what? Condemnation. That is not from God. And pride, not from God. The final thought, of course, that I mentioned there, that sounds very much like the Holy Spirit's voice, does it not? We're, we're flowing out of a love for God and others. You, you gladly change the role. 
Now, some might be thinking, does God's spirit really get involved in speaking about matters like toilet rolls? Does he? Well, let me read a short passage from God's word. Are you ready? Now, I know that toilet rolls weren't invented. I understand that in the Bible time. But listen to this passage this morning. Just a short one. John 13, 12, 15 says, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. This is the king of glory. Did you know that? Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. I know for many the changing of a toilet roll may, may never have been an issue for you. I understand that. But for some, this will be an area where the Holy Spirit has plans to make you more like Jesus in your home. Did you know that? More like him in your home. Now, if that was indeed a change that Jesus was wanting to bring about in your life, how does that come about? How do you hear that? How do you respond to that? How can you be sure it's Jesus speaking to you? You know, that's their everyday lives. Well, maybe it goes something like this. As you wake up in the morning and you just regularly read God's word, On Sunday, August 22, you just happened to read about the fruit of the Holy Spirit, Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Aren't they beautiful, aren't they beautiful characteristics? Just to read them, we're blessed just to hear them this morning. And then you come to church after you've read that in your daily reading where the preacher raises the issue of changing toilet rolls and refers to the call from Jesus to be a servant like our king who gladly washed his disciples' feet. And then rather than ignoring such a call, thinking, well, God wouldn't speak to me about such an ordinary matter, you actually decide that If that's what he is saying, if that's what he wants of me, then I will do it. As it turns out, the very next day, the toilet roll runs out conveniently for you at just the right moment. Once again, you don't need it anymore. And you recognise that this is now a new opportunity to bless your home. That's what you do, you see. And when that decision turns into a regular practice, Jesus knows, you see, get this part, hear this. Jesus knows that this is a person who can be trusted with greater things, you see. It's in those little things, the little things, you see the hidden things, the unknown things, that you can be trusted with greater things. 
And when many respond in this way, in the servant way of Jesus, did you know that Bridgman Baptist then is known in heaven as a church with a servant heart? Did you know that? We're known as that sort of church. We are servant people. We follow in the master's footsteps humbly. That's the first scenario I wanted to mention in the everyday ordinariness of life. Now the second scenario I want to reflect on for a moment relates more to the direction of our lives. The sometimes big questions that we are faced with as we do the journey of life. Maybe who should I go out with? Or um, um, you know, should I marry this person? Or um, should I start this job or stop this job? Or you know, what does God want me to do? You know, what do you, what am I meant to be doing for him in, in the midst of my life? These sort of questions actually commonly come up in a couple of places, I think. They, they're often where we've just got significant decisions to make that we all face on the journey. But they often come up, these sort of questions too, I find, in, in the hard place or the difficult place or the places of suffering. Um, maybe where life is unfulfilling or it's repetitive and it's just tough going or... Or, 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 you know, there is some particular thing that just weighs heavily on you. And we wonder what God is doing or what God isn't doing in those circumstances. Now, if you read the Bible, you will find that the pattern, if I can say it that way, of the Scriptures is, is often very, very similar when you're running into these sort of larger things that you might be dealing with or, or, or grappling with. Let me read just one of these places of suffering and it prompted some um, leadings from the Holy Spirit for a particular person. Let me read it to you. Um, You'll know it well. It's from Nehemiah. In the month of Kislev in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hananiah, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, Those who survive the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. His crisis, his problem, his difficulty, long time. Actually, it reminds me in some way of our nation this very day, actually. Yeah. Do you know how privileged we are to be here? 15 million people are in lockdown in our nation today. They can't even meet. Do you know what an honour it is just to be here this morning? What a privilege. What a blessing from God. Yeah. When we are overwhelmed with a need or when we are longing for something to change, then then the natural response for those who believe is to cry out to our Heavenly Father, That's what we do. It's actually a natural thing. That's what kids do when they're in trouble or difficult. They don't know what to do. They they turn to their parents and ask for help. Nehemiah, we know, prayed for how long? Four months. That's how long he prayed. And in his prayer, he asked God to hear his prayers. He confessed his sin and he reminded God of his promises to restore. Now, God is not reluctant to speak. He is not reluctant to speak. If we are willing to do what he says, see, he's not. 
Now in God's um, will, um, it begins with seeking him. I mean really intentionally seeking him. Checking our heart, um, holding on to all that he's promised in his word, um, believing that if we ask, what? We will receive. Believing that if we seek, we will find. Now, let me share a personal story that relates a little bit to the beginnings of this, of this church here. Um, about this sort of seeking um, from my own life. The early, the early days here, they were small. They were very, very small. I'd been sent by a home church to, um, um, with some others to, to plant a church here in, in, in Bridgman Downs. But it seemed so slow, so hard. We had no home. Well, no permanent home in that regard. And as I saw it, there was so little blessing. Like, to me, little blessing. And so I started to pray, and my prayers went something along these lines. Why won't you bless God? Why won't you? You sent me here. Why won't you do more than you are doing? Why won't you? I looked at some other churches around us and good things were happening there. And I said, you're blessing there. Why, why won't you do something here? That was the tenor of my prayers. Now, I want to say something, just hear this. Complaint is a legitimate form of prayer. We know that from the scriptures. So I just want to slip that in. And whilst that wasn't all that I prayed in this rather lengthy season, this went on for months and months actually, yeah. That was the recurrent theme in my prayer. Why won't you bless? The easy answer as I saw it was this. God just makes some more things happen. That's, it's a simple answer, isn't it? Pretty simple. You're not blessing? Well, go and do some blessing, God. As you can tell, as I'm relating this to you, well, I trust you discerning this, God had some more work to do in my life, did he not? Yeah. A lot, actually, <laughs> and still does, I may add. But our Father is so gracious, and he does speak. He does speak. Often it's not on our agenda or our time, if I can say, maybe our timeline, sometimes longer than we think. We, he needs to come sooner, we often think. But he does speak. He spoke for Job, didn't he, at the right time, didn't he? Yeah. You've got to wait some time. Wait some time, but he, spoke, he speaks. He will. And he finally spoke to me. After many, many months, he spoke to me. And this is what he said to me. First thing is he said, stop complaining, basically. That's what he said. Stop complaining. Now, if you're wondering, how does God say that to a person? If you're wondering that, you might be thinking that right now. How, how do you know? Well, on my journey in this period of time, um, God took me to Zechariah 4.10 on a particular occasion. And it says this, do not despise the day of small things. Now you might just read that and think not too much about it. But something gripped me on the occasion that God spoke to me about this matter. And he said, you are despising things. And that's not right, Peter. Stop doing that. Don't, don't, 
No more complaining prayers anymore. That's what he said to me. So I ceased praying that way. I did. Sometimes I was tempted to go back there because, you know, blessing didn't come, still didn't as I was wanted it to be. But I stayed away from that. Because God had told me, don't do that. Then he gave me a whole series of promises, like beautiful promises of what he was going to do and how he was going to bless. Just promise after promise. It was, I, I, they're written in my journal. They're just the whole heap of them. In the midst of all the other things God was doing and saying at the time, but there was just promise after promise after promise that he was going to bless. He was speaking. He's assuring me, this is my work here. I am going to bless in time. And then finally he said in this season, he said one other thing to me. There were three, the three things he said so clearly. And then he said, and when I bless, don't put your hands on it. He said that. Now, once again, you're thinking, well, how can God tell you that? Well, at the appropriate time, God gave me Psalm 115 verse 1 and it says what? Not to us, Lord, not to us. See, God's checking the heart, not to us, but to your name be the glory. And the tone of his voice was strong and clear. Like, this is not condemnatory, it's not judging anything. Just strong and clear. Peter, this is what I'm going to bless. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. And I've sought to obey that. Right to this very day, in fact, I've sought to obey that. If, If you want to hear from God about particular issues, then you have to pray your prayers. Um... You have to pray in a prayer where your prayers don't require the answers to be what you want. It, maybe that's, I, I, did you catch that? Like, you can't pray and ask God for answers and say, you must answer this way. You, you can't do that. Now, there's places of faith and belief or whatever may happen to be, but, 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 but don't, don't say you've got to do it this way, God. I wanted immediate blessing. Well, there were some things that God had to do. There are often things he has to sort out in our lives. Some sin or sins that need to be confessed. Often some wrong thinking needs correcting. Things that you are holding on to often need to be yielded. Um, God has to work out whether you are truly available to him come what may in these seasons and and I have found that it usually takes far longer and it is far harder than we expect when God is showing us what he wants for our lives far longer much more patience is needed and, and it's very costly actually to follow Jesus it is for Nehemiah did you realize he was the answer to his own prayers wasn't he really God had a plan for him. Put the burden in his heart. What did that mean for him? Well, it began, you know what, with a very scary interview with the boss. That's how it started. That might be for somebody here this morning. You just heard a word from Jesus for you. Yeah. A scary interview with the boss. Because we read in Nehemiah 1 
that he was scared. He was, he was afraid when he went into that interview. And then you know what followed after all of that? One big set of headaches and problems and a whole lot of opposition. That's what followed for this particular man and what God had called for him to do. But, but, what a privilege for that man to serve God. What a privilege. To be obedient to God, to serve God. As it's a privilege for every one of us to be caught up in God's kingdom plans. Did you know what a honour that is on planet earth? To be serving the king. For us, as a church here, to be lifting high the name of Jesus Christ in our needy nation this very day. Wow. If you want to hear God speak, speak to you about what some may regard as small through to maybe the biggest decisions that affect where and who you'll do life with. And the principles and the practices are actually very, very much the same. They are. Here we are, a little summary. You ready? For hearing God. You begin by believing in faith that God is a loving Father, that he loves you. He delights in sharing his life with you and will speak to you about the things that he wants to share with you. And when you are asking him about things, he will respond when you ask for his wisdom and help. James 1.5 promises that, in fact. That, that, that's the beginning. It's faith. It's faith in God, the loving Father. Then you put yourself in the place, in the posture of prayer, and you ask God to speak and to direct you. You, you set time aside to pray. You start saying, Lord, show me the Lord. This can often go on for months and months sometimes when they're praying about particular things. You immerse yourself, you immerse yourself in the truth of God's word always. You read it, you sing it, you listen to it in the car, you listen to it in the middle of the night, you, you, you read the writings and reflections of others on the word of God, you listen to sermons, you study it, you teach it, you just keep the word of God all around you all the time. When you wake in the middle of the night and you are stressed and burdened about things, I want to tell you there's two great things that you can do. Either put on the worship music and sing over it, the songs of God, or you put your AirPods in and you listen to the Word of God and you just let it roll. I can sometimes get 15 chapters of Psalms or something like this in. And you just, it's, it's strong, the Word of God. It's so mighty, the Word of God. It is greater than the voices of darkness. Demons flee when the word of God is filling our hearts and our minds or being sung or praising you. It's powerful this morning, you know, when we praise God in this way, in this place today. It's powerful in the spiritual realm. So you immerse yourself in God's way. And God's, it's God's word. You welcome any of the ways that God wants to um, direct you, lead you, knowing that his directions will always align with his word. There's some checking that's got to be done on some of those and some testing, I know that. But when it's from God, always aligns. It'll have the ring of truth and rightness about it. You build relationships with other Christians. Those will encourage you and help you to hold you accountable on the Christian journey who will help you discern 
what is and what isn't coming from the Holy Spirit because we need the help sometimes of others to do that. You take the time to record the things you believe God's saying and doing in your life. Do you know the reason that we're able to read Nehemiah today? You know, thousands of years later. Is because God wanted that particular prayer in his word. I understand that. But we've got it because he wrote it down, obviously. He wrote it down. Our personal records of God's work in our lives... The Bible is God's big journal. It's, 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 it's you know, given us all that we need. But we have our own journals. You know, I pray you've been using your journal or you're learning to use a journal because it's so helpful in seeing the truth about God and what he is saying to us. We sometimes forget the goodness of God and you can be there. Maybe you're in complaint mode. Have a read back in your journal and suddenly God's doing a lot more than you thought he was doing. That's what I have found so often. We journal, record what God's doing, we read over those things to help us discern his will. And finally, you must be willing to obey whatever word or prompting comes from the Holy Spirit. Now, this is how inadequate you may feel, how foolish it may look if you are obedient to that, how insignificant the task may be, tiny thing that God's speaking about. However, um. Um, 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 however great the cost may be because some of these moments you'll get a sense like Jesus did in the garden that God's calling you into something costly and you've got to be courageous to go there it can be very powerful actually moments such as that they can whatever the cost Lord I will be obedient Whatever others may think or say, whatever it may mean for me, I'm willing to be obedient. There is no greater honour in this life. Just hear this. Because we can often see the cost maybe sometimes, but this, this poem wants you to hear. There is no greater honour in this life than to hear from God himself and then to be obedient to the king. There is actually no greater life that we can live than the one that is available for God, for all that he wants us to do. That was Jesus' life, wasn't it? Always in obedience to the Father. That's the life he has for us. He's helping us into, leading us into, speaking to us so that we will be that sort of people. And church, hear this this morning. Do we need to be this sort of people? Do we need to be? Our nation needs us to be this sort of people. This very day, you know that. This is a high calling for the sake of our nation. We're praying today. Churches are doing what they are meant to do in these sort of crisis situations. They're doing what they should be doing, crying out to God, help us, oh God. Bring your purposes about, even in the midst of these sufferings and difficulties. And we are the church of Jesus Christ in this nation. You you are, we are. And there is a high calling on every one of us to be people that will not dismiss or make light of the things of God but we'll be obedient 
to all that he's called us to do. Available. Available, folks. Available for him and whatever he has for us. From the smallest thing, obedience, to the largest things, obedience. Is that your heart this morning? Is it your heart? Otherwise, really, you know, there's, there's not much point in coming to God, is there, really, when you think about it? What, why pray if you're not going to do what he asks of you? I pray that's your heart. I pray it's your heart. Whatever that means for you, whatever that means for us as a church, too, by the way. We ready to pray, are you? Come, let's do that. Lord, we come humbly now. We come humbly. We've been in your presence, Lord, this morning. We know that holy King, the one who is great and above all things, the one who made this world, the one who made us. Oh, loving heavenly Father, it's incredible that you love us this morning. You love us so much that you are willing to send Jesus, your only one and precious Son, to endure the sufferings of the cross so that we, could be here this morning in full, beautiful relationship with you and we cry out our praise. We say thank you, Lord. What an honour and privilege to know you this day, Lord. To wake this morning, knowing what our purpose is in life, to wake this morning, to offer our praise and thanksgiving to you. To know, Lord, how this world ends and to know that it all ends well in Jesus Christ, our Lord, that we're gonna live with you forever. That this little moment in time, Lord, expands into all the fullness of life, eternal with Christ our King. Oh, Jesus, thank you for being obedient. Thank you for the garden, oh Lord. Thank you for the garden. But you said, not my will, but yours. Yours be done, great God. Not my will, but yours be done. May that be our heart, Lord, I pray for every one of us. The cost, Lord, the misunderstandings that can go with that sometimes, Lord, whatever it might be, that you would find that to be so in us as a people. Lord, we join with others right throughout our nation, Lord, in the difficulties and crisis of this time, Lord, in the world and in our nation here in Australia. And we cry out, oh God, to you. May your holy purposes, Lord, be brought about, we ask. May we shine your love and your light and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, our Lord. God, may that be so for every person in every workplace, in every home, in every community gathering, oh God. Oh Lord, let your love, Lord, be poured out this broken, damaged world, Lord. It has been in Jesus Christ, Lord. Thank you. And Lord, may it continue to be, Lord, in this generation, in this place, in this nation, we ask. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your beautiful presence among us this morning. Continue your work among us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. As we close this morning, there's one small response um, that some might like to make today. In this series, there's, there's often things that God is speaking to us um, about in our lives. And sometimes there's a surrender moment where we just say, yeah, Lord, this is the moment. Um, I make myself available to you. Come what may, whatever it is. Maybe you've been struggling whether you want to become a Christian or not. There could be that sort of, that sort of thought. Well, this could be a morning for you to respond. 
But it's not just forget coming into the kingdom of God. God has calls for us all the way through our lives. And there are moments of surrender when we say, Lord, I'm yours. I've heard your voice. I'm obedient. And so if you want to make that response this morning, just a simple one, and just invite you to come down the front here as we sing this song. It's, it's, the song is, I am available. That's the very words of this song. I am available. Well, if you want to do that in, in, in a way that marks the things that God is doing in your life at this very moment of time, it, it might be about a particular situation. Or maybe it's just generally, maybe it's just the general things. Lord, I'm available for whatever you want. Well, if the Spirit's prompting you and you want to make it clear, well, just come down in this song. Just kneel down the front or stand at the front, whatever it might be that you'd like to do and worship God and tell Him, I'm available, Lord. I'm available. Come, let's stand. Let's sing. Worship our King this morning.
Heavenly Father, we thank You that You've been speaking this morning to us. Lots of different ways, individually. This is who You are, God. You're amazing. You speak to us right where we're at in our circumstances. Individually, You take Your Word by Your Holy Spirit and You apply it to our lives. So Lord, now as we've heard Your voice, Lord, we want to be those who respond in faith and trust because, Lord, we know that You love us so much. You sent your own son into this world to die for us. Lord, we can trust you completely. We can trust you with every aspect of our lives, Lord. And so Lord, help us now, empower us by your Spirit, Lord, to step forward in faith to the things that you're saying to us, Lord, the little things, Lord, that are actually so important, Lord, the little things, Lord, and the big decisions and circumstances we're navigating at the moment, Lord, we can trust you in this your promise that you will lead us if we will surrender. And Lord, as we hear your call, as we hear you speak to us, Lord, we want to just pray that prayer, Lord. It's not a burden for us to say yes to you, great God. It's a joy in our hearts just to be available, to be caught up in your kingdom plans and purposes. There is no greater cause to live for, great God. And so corporately as your people, Lord, I pray you'll help us just to keep listening carefully to what you're saying that we wouldn't head off on our own plans or purposes, Lord, but every step we'd just be listening, Lord. Help us to hear, help us to respond to what you are saying, not our plans, but your plans, great God. Not, not things that we come up with our wisdom, Lord, but your, your directed um, plans, Lord, which is so much greater than anything we could ever come up with ourselves, great God. And so continue to lead us as your people corporately as well. We say thank you, Lord. Thank you for the blessing of this series. Bless groups as they're going to meet this week and discuss this further, Lord. May we just have responsive hearts to you always, Lord God, we pray. And so bless each one here, wherever they are on the journey, Lord. For those of you who are here who maybe don't yet know you, Lord Jesus, those online, Lord, even now today, Lord, just responding to your voice, saying, Lord, I want to place my faith and trust in you. Look into you, Lord Jesus. And so, Lord, continue to lead us, we pray, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. There'll be an opportunity to be prayed for down the front here. If God's been speaking to you about something particular, do come down the front. Our prayer to be pray for you. If you're online, do email through to prayer at bridgman.org.au. We'd love to pray for you. If you're new here in the auditorium, our Connections Lounge is opening up up the back corner right now. You can head there. If you just want to link in with some others, make sure you head up there. If you're online, email through to hello at bridgman.org.au. But God bless you. Don't forget tonight we'll have the panel as we wrap up this series, 4 o'clock and 6 o'clock as well, and anniversary Sunday next week. God bless you. Look forward to sharing together again soon.